Welcome back to America Speaks. I am very excited and very proud today for our episode to be the first of a series of alerts on America Speaks centered on our shelter pets and animal control facilities in Los Angeles County, LA City, and beyond. Today, we have the honor of speaking to Danny Ubario, who is the Director of Operations at LA County. Danny is kind enough to take some time out of his very busy schedule to give us an opening statement, and this will serve as a great resource to all of you listening out there on how you can help save shelter pets' lives and be a part of the solution during this pandemic. Danny, I want to welcome you to America Speaks. Hi, Tristan. Thank you for having me. So the first thing I want the public to, to know is that the Los Angeles County Department of Animal Care and Control continues its mission to adopt and to uh, work with our adoption partners and rescue animals as much as possible. Uh, we've implemented a couple of precautionary measures just to make sure that we are in line with, um, as everybody may know, the um, order from the public health department. Uh, so what we are doing is we are still adopting, we're still returning animals to their owners, but we're doing it based on appointment only basis. So what we're asking the public is if you're interested in the dog or if you've lost your pet, to go to our website at www.animalcare.lacounty.gov. And if you think you see your pet there, Go to the local animal care center in which the, the picture shows up. It tells you what shelter it's at. And um, let the staff know. They will let you walk through the kennel so you can locate your pet and we can reunite you with your pet as soon as possible. We're also looking into fostering programs to make sure that we are just casting a wide net using our partners. Um, the ASPCA has generously uh, offered to work with us and they are offering to foster our cats, you know, as long as they meet certain criteria that, that they have. And uh, so we're very excited about working with them. Uh, and that's for all seven uh, care centers. We're also working on a uh, community-based fostering program that is uh, we're working very hard to implement. It's going to be coming up pretty soon. And we also have some ride-share platforms that have offered to maybe assist us in delivering uh, foster pets if the person that wants to foster uh, can't come in for one or whatever reason. Uh, so we're, we're really trying to think outside the box and try to take a very wide approach to how we can uh, maximize our resources that we have at hand to make sure that we uh, foster as many pets as we can and um, return and adopt and rescue as many pets as possible. So for everyone listening out there, while you are homebound and social distancing and we are in lockdown, you actually can, without feeling contaminated or feeling concerned, I just want Danny to give us L.A. County's top veterinarian advisement on the safety of offering to foster. Danny, can you give us a statement on that? Sure. So our senior veterinarians have communicated to me that currently there's no evidence that you can get COVID-19 from your pets. However, uh, the recommendation is that if you are infected with COVID-19, that you limit close contact with your pets as a precautionary measure, and it's better to have someone else in your household take care of the pet until you recover. You also have to make sure that you are constantly 
practicing good hygiene, and it's important when you're handling any animal, uh, regardless of the current event as, as a rule. So uh, the short answer is there's currently no evidence that, that you can get COVID-19 from. That's very reassuring, and I want to tell the public that this actually opens the door, I think, to uh, providing a greater sense of ability to foster at this time when you are homebound. You know, there are many criterias. Let's say you have animals in the house, but you only have one, you're willing to bring a second into your home for the time being during this crisis. Or let's say you are a senior citizen, you don't want to feel contaminated, but you living with other people in your household, and you would love the company of a pet, perhaps consider fostering a senior pet that could find themselves in one of LA County shelters. And thirdly, if you have children that are a bit older and you would like the experience of perhaps watching over an animal, a dog or whatever, Danny will tell us how best you can reapproach the shelter and rescues who specialize in particular breeds because this would be a great time to know that you are actually actually saving a life by fostering. And this is true across the board when you foster. I can't emphasize enough how important it is for the public to realize that beyond the crisis we're in, fostering does save lives, but also because of the crisis we're in, we are in a situation of what could be extreme conditions in some of these shelter systems as, of course, people are finding their lives disrupted. So I am encouraging everyone to really consider fostering, even if it's short term. And Danny, how do people who have decided, okay, maybe I'll foster for the first time. I'll save a life. I'll be part of the solution. Who do they reach out to specifically? And is it best to reach out to your rescue partners? How do they find them? Where do they go? The first thing I want to just make sure is that the program is not up and running yet. That's going to be announced through our website. Once the program is up and running, uh, there will be a, a, an email address where you're going to be able to communicate what you know kind of animal you're looking to foster, and then that's going to be managed you know by staff, and you'll receive a response, and then we'll take from there. But you did raise a lot of good points, Tish. That you know there are some people that are looking just for puppies or. We also received some inquiries where people just want to foster senior dogs, and that's okay, you know, because the need is from pups all the way to the senior age. So I'm really excited, and I'm going to be more excited when this is up and running because I'd like to see the impact that this is going to have, not only at our care centers, but just I'd like to see how the community is going to respond. I think it's going to be super exciting for all of us. This is very important, and I really can't emphasize enough how this could change your life. Those of you who are listening out there, I have fostered. And you know, normally you fall in love with the dog. You foster, you end up adopting. What a good way. Also, let me just say, if it's not the best fit, you have Danny and his team there to either help with questions, etc., on some of the issues you are experiencing. So Danny, may I ask, is your behavioral team available for those that perhaps do end up fostering and have questions and issues? I believe they will be. Like I said, it's not finalized yet. So we have a couple of procedural items that we need to take care of, of that being one of them. We want to make sure that 
we're providing support, you know, to the uh, residents and citizens that are offering their most precious investment, which is their time and their high level of care, you know, for, for fostering. So, like I said, um, I believe that the behavior enrichment team will be involved. Uh, I just not finalized on all the details, so I don't want to misstate anything yet. Okay. Joan, being a, an expert rescue yourself and having worked with a lot of behavioral cases, do you want to jump in with one or two thoughts quickly? Well, I would suggest that if they see a dog or another animal that they'd like to foster, to go online, you can Google all the rescues, you could go on PetFinder.com and put in your zip code and find the rescues that are closer to you and reach out to the rescues and see if they would oversee a dog that you would foster. That's what I would say. However... When you get a dog from the shelter or another pet, you have to give them a little time. Some of them are going to be very frightened and shy. I have a puppy right now that's really shy that I'm working with, and it's taken four days for him to come out of the back room where I'm keeping him and going on the porch. But you have to give dogs and other animals time to adjust, and if you need advice, then call the rescue that you're working with, call the shelter that you're working with, because they come around, they always come around, no matter what the issue is. That's very important. I want everyone that's listening today to heed that because what we want to do is to all of us come together for these solutions that actually changes everyone's lives. Of course, especially the uh, companion animal uh, that you are fostering. It also will change your family's life. And also when you're home wondering what can you do to help, here's one thing you can do to help. And it's healthy, it's safe. Lastly, Danny, I want to make sure people understand about the appointment. So as you set up the fostering facilities, um, would you please just tell everybody once again how they can find your rescue partners? Will it be on your website? Is there a a box or a a button or a click of wherever to find the rescue partners? And what is the best way to find these rescue partners? Because email is usually very tricky when everyone's so busy. So um, I believe the list of adoption partners is on our website. If not, I can double check that with our PIO just to make sure it is. But um, uh, there you'll find uh, the list of our 225, I believe, uh, adoption partners that we work with. And I believe they have emails that you can uh, contact them. Uh, and if you wish to work with one of them, that's mainly our, our main uh, matter of communication with them. Okay, and then I want to just ask, as you set up this fostering network, which we're all looking forward to taking advantage of, is there going to be a couple of point people that will be evident to the public that I can, in fact, during my alerts, start to mention perhaps their email addresses if people are having trouble? Or I want to also just really dissuade people who are indeed willing to foster, they get the pet home, they have some confusion, some questions, I'm going to say, please, at this time, a last resort to bring the pet back to the shelter, but just give this animal a chance, because animals pick up behavior, and everybody knows we're all in a state of extreme stress right now, so I just want to thank everybody that's listening, all of us coming together to do something as special as saving our shelter pet's lives 
lives at a time like this. I can't tell you how rewarding, fulfilling, and what a solution this will be to this part of the problem. So as we close, Danny, do you have any last thoughts? Well, um, I think that once we get this program off and coming, we're going to try and think of everything, especially points of contact are going to be so important. Just like Joan was saying, and you were mentioning, you know, sometimes people need to give the pet just maybe a couple more days to maybe decompress. We have to understand that uh, a shelter environment, as, as much as we do play groups and everything, it's still a stressful environment for them. And sometimes they need a couple of days to, to kind of decompress a little bit, you know, and, and relax. So definitely it's going to be something that we're going to be uh, talking about in, in, in that program and addressing it. The other thing that I, I really would really want to just kind of stress is we're really thankful for adoption partners. We sent out a plea last Monday if they could just come and help us. And they answered the call. And I think that they're one of our unsung heroes during this whole ordeal. So I want to take a moment to recognize our adoption partners and, and really thank them for, for working with us and uh, helping us in managing this crisis. Oh, I want to uh, underscore that, as I'm sure Joan does. Joan being a rescue, do you have anything to say to all the rescues who have literally, in this time of need, dropped everything and are doing everything they can? The most important thing is to step up, get in there, and I just want to close by uh, adding one last thought. Uh, Joan mentioned something that when you do foster, I think it's a good idea to find a spot in the house that gives the animal a little sense of protection as it does decompress. I think what's important is to gradually find a way to introduce this beautiful animal that just wants love and attention and wants to feel at home like we all do. Give them a good spot to decompress and I can assure all of you that you are not going to believe what a positive uh, feeling this is going to give you and your family. And you know, we're not talking about fostering for a length of time as rescues do start to adjust and things become more normalized. During this period of, of being in lockdown, you can find all kinds of new developments from bringing an incredible animal that just wants to love you into your home. So with that said, I just want to thank Danny Ubario today for our first alert. I'm very grateful to you today, Danny, and thank you so much, Joan Scotchamara of adopt a chow LA, and I want to also thank all of you out there because you and I all know that these are times like no other that we've experienced, and desperate times call for desperate measures, and we're seeing that in our LA County facilities, animal control facilities, and beyond. So with that, goodbye, Danny. It's been great to have you on America Speaks. Great to uh, talk to you, Tish. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Joan. I want to add, as Los Angeles County Animal Control completes all the necessary information needed to alert the public how to foster at this time, that we at America Speaks will be providing this information not only as further alerts on our episodes to come, but also you can go to my website at www.tishlampert.org where I will post all necessary information as I receive it. And America Speaks is hoping that all of you are joining together as we are experiencing this pandemic to shelter in place, to wash our hands, to be mindful of everyone during this very difficult time. 
As a photojournalist who has covered our collective voices joining together to create a better future, I can say that this is a remarkable time for all of us to realize how powerful we can be when we come together. My book, We Protest, Fighting for What We Believe In, that was released on March 10th, my book tour has been postponed during this time. I want to ask everyone to please go to Amazon or to Barnes and Nobles where you can get your own copy and I will hope to resume my book tour as soon as the coast is clear and we are past these very difficult times. If you have protested for anything in the past three years, you could very well be in this book. This book is about you taking your power back, you owning your voice, and you demanding what's best for your future and your children's future, because we're in very, very important times. And remember, America Speaks believes every one of us has a story. And a voice. Oh.